Welcome to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Julian Bayard. Yes, good day everyone and welcome to the Clubhouse. Terrific to have your company right across Australia, wherever you might be tuning in. Julian Bayard is my name and great to be joined back in the studio this week to talk all things golf is Mark Allen. Welcome back, Marco, from a nice little trip away to Noosa last week. How was it? Good on you, Jules. Very good. Yes. It's a great place. Yes. Didn't play any golf. Didn't a couple you? of good golf courses there up there. There are a couple though. of nice courses. Yeah, you've got the yes. Dinosaur Park. Yeah, just down the road at Coolum. Just Coulomb. down the road at Coolum. Yes. Um, I haven't played the new Coolum, to tell you the truth. Mm. I haven't played that. I've always only played the, the old way, but now that they're sold for real estate, and I think they did first one, what, one, two, three, probably is a different little lineup. Uh, you got Twin Waters there as well. Yep. We went to Twin Waters, but we went to the Aqua Park at Twin Waters I for see. the kiddies, and yes. they thought that was great. But Twin Waters is a fantastic course. Yep. And isn't there Noosa Springs now? There is, yes. Yeah, so yes. I've driven around Noosa Springs in a golf cart just to check it out, you know, yep. 10 years ago, I reckon I did it. Um, and that looked fantastic. Mm. You know, it's in amongst the houses. If you're going to live in Noosa, I'd live at Noosa Springs. Would you? Yeah. I, well, Hastings Street, not good enough for you. <laughs> Hastings Street's a little bit busy. Yeah. You could always get down Love there. Love the hustle and bustle. Or but I reckon it's more of a quiet Noosa Waters type of an operator. When I lived in <laughs> when I was living in America, um, a lot of my friends lived on golf courses. And you get used to that lifestyle yeah. really, really quick. Real where a country club lifestyle. Every home had their own golf cart. Yes. Uh, you just whizzed down to the to the clubhouse and you ordered your hamburgers and you played a bit of tennis, you mm. went for a swim, you went to the gym. Uh, hit a few balls and then went out and played nine holes or eighteen holes that afternoon. It's really easy. Could think of worse to things sleep to do. into that lifestyle, <laughs> particularly if you're on a good golf course. Oh yeah. So, you know, you know the, the golf course is up in Queensland, so Hope Island and mm. Century Cove. Yes. Um, I reckon those ones would be awesome. Yep. I think, I think the Grand, um, we, we've played an Australian Open at the Grand. I think that had homes on it. Probably not quite the yeah. same. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely Noosa Springs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If I was going to live in uh, on the Sunshine Coast, yep. I think on the golf course at Noosa Springs, yeah. perfect. I always remember growing up, we used to go to Port Douglas a bit, and I remember when the uh, the Lynx course opened oh, yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Some of the houses used to back onto that. Oh, ridiculous! I just used to think, oh my god, one yeah. day I'd love to live <laughs> <laughs> like royalty. Yeah. When you're a little kid, you think, yeah, you wow, think, who lives in that house? Backs onto the sixteenth green. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Big pool in the background. Oh, yeah. Nice. One yeah. day, Marco. One day. <laughs> One day. One <laughs> day. Might come stay at your joint. We'll sell up Springs. and up we go. Yeah. Hey, plenty happening in the world of golf. Plenty yeah, there happening. Is. There is. And Justin Rose was noticeable yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, not because he won, but because of the way he closed out the events. I mean, two weeks ago, 31 on the back nine to beat some really big names. That was unbelievable, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, because that back nine, I think, he shot five under on the back. No one else got even close. It was windy and cold and just, you know, that was outstanding. But in Turkey last week, um, to booty three of the last four holes, you know, the confidence yeah. that Justin Rose must have now. Now, um, yeah, it's getting to the pointy end in the race to Dubai. Mm-hmm. They're in South Africa right now. Um, and next week they get to Dubai. So it's the same sort of thing as the FedEx Cup, but they just play, I think every Euro is worth a point. Yeah. I think that's pretty much how they do it. So it's a long season. Um, it is yeah. a long season. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the tournaments are here in, in Australia. So we know the, the PGA, the Australian PGA played this year is on the European tour. Also Fiji. So you know the, the, mm-hmm. the points counted there if you were if you were a European tour 
member. Mm. So you've still got to, you know, you got to pay. Uh, I think it might be four thousand bucks around that to, mm-hmm. to join. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guessing there, but around yeah. four thousand to to be a member of the European Tour. Um, if you haven't got your card, um, so it'd probably be a different price if you if you ha- if if you are exempt. So it's a long season, and now you know Marcus Fraser he's no longer playing anymore. I mean, he he, he says he has a poor year at eighty uh, second. I think he finished. And it used to be 117, kept that car, but these days, I was talking to Marcus during the week, and it's 110. So he's had a rotten year, but his season's all over. So, look, Justin Rose, if he wins again, um, he will then lead going into Dubai, which would be just enormous. Yeah, I love, I, I genuinely enjoy that final tournament in Dubai. I think it's brilliant. Oh, it's a ripper. It works. Like, and every I, year, every year. I remember that Hen- Henrik Stenson shot in. Oh, ridiculous. Hit, what, five years ago? Was, was it, it a three-wood or I think a five-wood? It was a three-wood, yeah. The three feet or whatever it was, rolled all the way back. I remember though, at, uh, that fairway with the creek running through it. and Yep. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Unbelievable. Yep. Yep. It's great every time they go back to Dubai. Um, they show the backdrop. Oh, And the they skyline. show what it was like 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> and they get the camera in the same spot every single year. Yep. And they just go, you know, whatever it might have been. Let's say it's 1997, 98, 99, yep. 2000, 2001. Brilliant. And it's like 15 skyscrapers yep. are added There's a f- couple of every single every year. year. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, it's a real destination now in Dubai. I think a lot of people go there not just uh, as a you know, stopover to get mm-hmm. to, to Europe. I think people actually go there to play a little bit of golf. Um, clearly, it's a it's a real business hub. Yep. But the golf that is played and the tournament, I think, you know, when it first started the race to Dubai, I thought, I wonder how it's going to work. But you say it so often now that Dubai is pretty much in our vocab in the world of golf. Mm. You've got the FedEx Cup and you've got yep. the race to Dubai. I think the race to Dubai is a better name. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's a better name. Yeah. And the sooner we get our tournaments, all of them lined up. Oh, come on, Marco. Make it happen. <laughs> no, that'll do. That'll do. I'm not going to start. We're not going to go into that. I'm not going to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watching Justin Rose, watching his golf swing, yeah, it's one of the purest golf swings we've ever seen mm. in the world of golf. He's a relentless worker on it. He works on it a lot. Mm. And one of his keys, I keep on reading, where he feels like he's really connected to the ground. Yeah. Now, I'm going to talk about this in the masterclass at the end of the okay. program. And it won't be with the full swing. It'll be more with the putting. Mm. But... The obsession these days of players with their connection to the ground. So it's it's a fancy way of talking about where the weight should be. He relentlessly works on this. I've seen other players, Tony Finau, talking about when he tries to hit a golf ball, he tries to squash an imaginary bug under his right foot on the way down. Yes. Just to get the feet activated. And, you know, just from doing all the master classes that I speak about footwork an awful lot. Mm-hmm. But it is amazing to see players at this level continue to work on their footwork. You'd mm. think they were boxers, mate. Yeah. The amount of work they do on what their feet and the way, they work, uh, the, way the weight goes mm. and distributes in a backswing and a downswing all the way to a follow-through is, is just enormous. And when you see the best players these days, the balance and the power is just extreme. Yep. And to be able to do it from tournament one to tournament 35 and all the practice balls they've hit all the way through. Yep. I mean, they are athletes. And I know a lot of people, they probably don't think... A lot, there are people out there who don't think golf is a sport. And you know what? I understand it when I watch those people play golf. Golf's not a sport the way they play. But the way the top guys play, uh, I dare you to stand behind mm. a Justin Rose or an Adam Scott drive and tell me it's not sport. Yeah. 
couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. But and I was fortunate enough. I follow Justin Rose on his Instagram. Page, oh yeah, yep, yep. And yep. he posts a lot of his yeah. practice. Routine. How good is he? And in doing that, some of the some of the warm up drills he does, and some of the stuff he does, like second round three under five under total. Afternoon by the pool, but before that, hitting balls. And Correct. he posts exactly what he's doing. He's got his lineman yep. sticks lined up, yep. just working on the swing, working yep. on the swing. Now, follow if you don't if you're on Twitter yep. and you and you don't follow Justin Rose, follow Justin Rose because yep. what he is doing there is giving you great insight. Yeah, you know the, the people who are you know when you finish around in, in, in the second round, there's still other golf to follow. Mm. Quite often, you know, once they finish, once someone like Justin Rose finishes. Um, the TV, it says, well, that's it. Justin Rose is off the course now. We're going to go to the, to the channel whatever news. Mm. But when you follow these guys on Twitter and they go to the trouble of showing you what they're working on, you know, wasn't happy with my balance today, mm-hmm. wasn't happy with my takeaway today, uh, just going to work on a few, then I'm off to sit by the pool. It's absolutely brilliant. Yep. And one of the things that he's always worked on, Justin Rose too, aside from the footwork, he tries to get the club started first. Yeah. Before anything else starts, one of his keys is to get the club started first, then everything else kicks in the gear. Mm. So, again, if you just follow him on Twitter. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. absolutely brilliant. I've always thought about this, Marco, and it's probably one for our listeners who might be on their way to golf or have just played around. Mm. You, you finish your round of golf, and you often just go into the clubhouse, have a beer, have a sandwich, yep. whatever, and go home. Not many people out there who are listening would finish their round. Because when you finish, you go... There's five things I know that I got wrong today and I yeah. need to fix up. But very rarely would you then go to the driving range or the p- putting green yeah. and practice straight away, knowing fresh in your mind yeah. what you need to fix. It's funny because I'm very much a social golfer these days. Yeah. And when I shake hands on the 18th, I just want a sandwich or a beer. Yeah. That's all I want to do. It. But when I was a kid, I mean, it, because everything was so fresh in your mind and you're striving to get better all the time. I'd shake hands, go grab a sandwich and head straight down the driving range and work out on whatever it was or the putting green or the chipping green. Whatever I thought needed a little bit of tuning, mm. that's I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. So there are people out there who are trying to improve their golf and what you're saying is exactly right, mm. is that when, you, when all these things are fresh in your mind and more importantly, the feelings of hitting those shots poorly or well, I'll talk about that in yep. a second as well, the feeling in your body about healing that shot, it, it's best to get on it and do it straight away. Mm-hmm. So have your lemon squash and have your toasted sandwich. And then if you do have the time, just go and go and work on that five eye that didn't feel right or go and work on the pitching that didn't feel right. And when there's no pressure, when nothing's counting, make it feel right on the driving range. And you'll feel yourself getting better at the skill. And then hopefully... When you've got a card and a pencil in your back pocket next time you're playing and, and you know, it counts for something, mm. hopefully those feelings that you've worked on come good. Yep. And then if you're really smart, not only do you have the pitching process afterwards or the driver or, or whatever it might be, but you also remember that for next time you're playing is you know, hit a few before you hit off. Yeah. Um, and when you're trying to bring your handicap down from 12 to 6, for instance, it's really very important. And then on the flip side, when things are going well, so you were on 12 at the start of the summer. You're now on six. You've just come off a round where you're six handicapped and you've shot 38 points. Mm-hmm. And you're flying. You're loving life. You're loving life. Yep. You're looking at the board going, I'm at the top. Get to the driving range and whatever you're doing well, just grind it in. Yeah. Grind it into your system so it becomes inbuilt, yep. self-sustaining, and easy to repeat. Because nothing worse, Marco, than when you might be driving the ball really well, 
and you go, what am I doing differently today? Yeah. And then the next time you come out and play and you've just hit it horribly and you go, why can't I repeat that? Yeah, if you go right. out there and you practice it straight away and ingrain that into your habits. Absolutely. And you swing. Absolutely. So, you know, when, you, when you're a kid and you're trying to improve and you see all the kids at your golf club, you know, they're, they're desperate. They play their round and they take their shag bag down to the driving That's range it. and away they go. <laughs> it doesn't matter how, what happens. They're always doing something. Yeah. They're always doing something. Or, you know, even the kids, the, what we used to do, um, we, we would play 18 holes and then we'd go out and have a chipping comp on the golf course. Yeah. So there'd be committee members right now in golf clubs who would just hate me saying this, but there is nothing better when you're a 14 or 15-year-old going out after the field, when all the all the members are inside having a coffee or a beer or a glass of wine or whatever, you're out in the middle of daylight savings at 7 o'clock at night with your mate and you're having a chipping comp on the 14th hole. Yep. There's nothing better. Perfect. There is absolutely <laughs> nothing better when you're a kid. And you now all these all these shots that the commentators talk about, oh, Tiger Woods, have a look at, have a look at the imagination. I guarantee Tiger Woods learnt those things from chipping comps. In fact, I've read about it. Yeah. If you read about, if you read his book, oh, what book was it? It might have been the way I play golf. How or I golf, play golf. How I play is. golf. Yeah. He talks about a New Zealand touring pro, and I've forgotten the guy's name. Mm. But um, he worked at uh, the golf course where Tiger grew up playing, and quite often the New Zealand touring pro and Tiger would, after a round, go out and have chipping comps. And he says he credits that New Zealand um, touring pro. And all the work that he did with the chipping comps after they played, he credits that with for his imagination. Sevy's the same. Yeah. You know, Sevy Ballesteros used to have um, who do you, he used to have chipping comps with Peter Fowler. Mm-hmm. Like I could have sold tickets to that. <laughs> Peter Fowler, um, an Australian player, he's probably about sixty years old these days. Yep. A lot of Australians will say he had the greatest short game that they've ever seen. All the Europeans will go the other way. Sevy Ballesteros had the greatest imagination and short game they'd ever seen. Well, on the European tour at some of the locations where, you know, golf, you know, no one's there, these two would have a chipping comp. I could have sold tickets. If yeah. that if that chipping comp happened at Royal Melbourne Golf Club yeah. in the middle of summer. Boom. Or Cash at, for Marco. up at uh, <laughs> Century Lakes. Yeah. Or if it happened, uh, you know, somewhere, you know, let's say the Australian, in New South Wales or anywhere, like Carinout, Royal Adelaide, anywhere, you know, down Barmboogle, anywhere. I could have sold tickets for $50 a pop and sold 1,000 tickets. Mm. To see those two in, a nice in little their comp. prime <laughs> having a shipping comp. Yep. It would have been unbelievable. And look, that's what Peter Fowler did as a kid. That's what Seve did as a kid. That's what I did as a kid. That's what everybody did as a kid when you're trying to get better. Yep. The chipping comps after the day's play, that's where you really, one, hone your, hone your game and your skills and your touch but two, the competitive spirit as well gets a good going over after you've played. Yep. Love it. Absolutely love it. How good would that have been to watch? Oh. Unreal. That's just awesome. I saw I, – I, like, I played with Chucky. Have we got a bit of time? Yeah. I saw – I played with Chucky a lot yeah. when I was coming through. And I'll never forget there was one shot. We were playing at Royal Canberra. And I think it was the Tournament Players Championship. And it would have been 20 years ago. So what's that, 1997? Something like that. 1997. 20 years ago. And it was a par three, and Chuck shanked one, which he was prone to do because mm. he, he didn't hit the ball that straight. Yeah. But he shanked one. Anyway, he had to hit a low chip. If he, if he went at the pin, he had to hit something low under a branch. It had to land on the top of a bunker, and then it was down to the hole, and the pin was only 20 foot over the bunker. So it was an impossible shot. Yeah. Impossible. To make things worse, he was on pine needles. Yeah. Golf was sitting on pine needles, so, you know, we're just waiting for, you know, bloody Chalky shanked it. What's he going to do? Just chip it on the front or whatever. 
he fiddled around for fair income 10 minutes. It was driving me crazy. And he hit this shot that today I still hit it low off the pine needles, under the branch, and it was fizzing. It landed on top of the bunker and checked <laughs> on the downslope. Oh, no. And half the ball was hanging over the lip. Like no human being could do it. <laughs> And he hit the greatest single chip I've ever seen to this day. Yeah. Ridiculous. He, like no no one in their right mind would have gone at that at that shot because one, it was a down if you if, if you if you stuffed it up and went in the bunker, it was a downslope all the way to a pin that was cut short. You short sighted not only did you would you have short sighted yourself, but you've short sighted yourself to a downhill yeah. to the it's a non <laughs> it's a no go shot. He took it on and he almost Nailed made it. two. Nailed it. He almost made a birdie after shanking his <laughs> first shot. Ridiculous. <laughs> Peter Fowler. Awesome. If you're listening, Pete, you're a freak. Well played. You are a well freak. We've got to get to a break, Marco. Plenty still to come on the clubhouse, so don't go anywhere. We're going to talk Tiger Woods and some comments he made yeah. during the week. About the ball. Quote. Well done. I can't believe how far I'm hitting it. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Plus... Plus, they've announced Olympic in San Francisco. Yeah, one of the great spectator golf courses on the world And circuit. you're going to go through a top five this week of some of the great spectator courses. Yes. Where you just sit the there top and you five. get the great views. Just get the ticket. Doesn't matter who's playing. Doesn't matter if it's a major or not. Just get a ticket and go because you'll never be able to watch golf better live. A break. Plenty more Clubhouse still to come. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Julian Bayard. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here as well as we talk all things golf. And Marco, um, we're going to get to Donald Trump 68 soon, if you can believe that. That's right, 68. Come on. Um, we'll talk about that. A he shot bit 68. Later. Apparently so. In his first reco- uh, first official round since taking the White House, apparently, even though some websites have him at between 60 and 70 rounds since they This is the house. same guy that Oscar De La Hoya, but Oscar De La Hoya was playing at one of his golf courses and Donald Trump joined him before he was the president of the United States. And Oscar went on record saying that this man is a cheat. Yep. Right. Just said that one one shot he shanked it right. Yeah. Donald Trump got in his car, walked up to the middle of the fairway and goes, that's oh, bounced out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he goes... I dead set saw a plop in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. Yeah. Um, who's the? Who was the? Uh, was it the Korean Prime Minister or the Korean President? Uh, who Kim Jong Il? Yes. Who shot the thirteen hole in ones? Thirteen hole in ones. Right. I'd love to see those two play for a bit of cash. Ooh. <laughs> and, <laughs> I and what would stuff. happen? I want to see what would happen. <laughs> you reckon they get on the same courses? Oh, I don't probably know, rare. Man. Donald Trump. Anyway, apparently he's now into two point five. He was at two point eight, but you know, since that he's come into two point five. His handicap's now two point five. Right. Yes. What sort of a handicapping system? Have you seen his swing? Yeah. He must dead set aim it forty meters to the right. He's yeah. that closed. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does. It's not a bad swing for a guy who plays off fifteen. Yeah. But not for a bloke off two point five. You're not shooting sixty eight, dude. With that action. <laughs> Unless you're playing off the uh, seniors tees, mm. even then I'd back you in the shoot maybe seventy five. Yeah, off the off the, you know the you know the junior tees, the ones that start at the top of the fairway. That's right. Yeah, if he played off those, yeah. I'd back him in the shoot seventy five. <laughs> but even if he played off the front tees mm. for the for the members, for the, um, you know, for the men, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, he, he he wouldn't break eighty two. I'm sure. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought just looking at the action, Donald. Yeah. But good luck to you. Yeah. I hope you go well, and I hope you don't blow us up. 
That's right. But I love it how his swing, he goes back really low, and then at the top of his swing, he comes back over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice little figure eight. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. good. Yeah, Bobby good Jones used to do that. Did he? Bobby Jones had a little figure eight over the top. Yeah. One of the straightest players ever. Uh, then you've got uh, Craig Perry had a little loop over the top. Mm. One of the straightest players ever. Bruce Litsky. I'll tell you a story about him in a tick. Yeah. One of the most consistent players ever, never practiced ever. He used to tell his caddy that he'd never practiced. So back when the tour was only 35 tournaments long, Bruce Liskey used to tell his caddy every year that he puts the clubs away, does not touch them over winter for 15 weeks, yep. and comes out. The you know, first time he's touched them was the practice round and the first tournament the next year. Nice. So one year his caddy decided to test it out, and he put three bananas in the golf bag <laughs> uh, after he'd signed his card in the last tournament of the year. Mm-hmm. So he gets the bag out, first tournament the very next year, those three rotten bananas that stank so much. Really? Still, still in, there. in there. Yeah, so, so Bruce touch was it? true to his word. Wow. There's no way he touched And Bruce Liskey was one of the... Anyway, so the point of the story is, I know Donald Trump's don't, coming over the don't top. Don't practice. <laughs> Donald Trump's coming over the top, but there have been some amazing players... Maybe that's the secret. ...who have looped it over the top yeah. and have hit the ball very, very consistently and very well. Maybe he is off 2.5. Maybe he did no, shoot 68. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> No, no, he's not. Although, I'll tell you what, he's, he's array of golf courses now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Turnbury, mm-hmm. got the Blue Monster. Um, I've played his, I played Trump uh, in San Diego. What's that one called? Don't know. That, that's the one where uh, Oscar De La Hoya caught him cheating. Yep. Um, that golf course, apart from the Fred, Fred, it's a bit of Fred Flintstone about that golf course, which is a real tragedy because the views, you can get view of the Pacific on 18 holes, but... At the back of the first, he's like made a fake cave. Yeah. And the golf buggy drives through a fake tunnel. Got a little bit of Palmer about it. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for Barney Rubble to come out. <laughs> and Betty and Wilma and, yeah. and, you know, and that Fred in his car. <laughs> That's him. I've been waiting for that to happen yeah. uh, when we were there. But that golf course is amazing. Yeah. No, he's, look, he just hasn't stopped. Mm. Apparently, Turnbury now is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Like, Ridiculous. The hotel's ridiculous. Everything. So he's doing well with his no golf he's courses. Playing in summer so much. <laughs> nice yeah, course. He, he does love playing. Yeah. He does love playing. Um, now, uh, Tiger Woods. We spoke about this before the break. Yeah. But he's come out, which has got golf pundits and supporters yeah. everywhere super duper excited. Yeah. He's come out and said, "Quote: I can't believe how far I'm hitting the golf ball." Yeah. Right well, now. he said this in a um, in a podcast. There's a legendary American ladies basketball coach um, who has coached at UConn, University of Connecticut, for a long, long time, and somehow got Tiger on. There must be a connection there, mm. somehow a Stanford connection. I don't know. Who knows where the connection is, but got Tiger on and asked Tiger about the golf ball going too far uh, because, you know, Jack Nicholas has been saying it for ages, mm-hmm. and so is Gary Player, and so is Arnold Palmer, and so is literally everybody yep. who's concerned with our golf courses. Um, but Tiger's now said it, and that's the first time we've ever heard him say it. Now, he's probably now saying it out of a golf course architect's view of the way golf is in 2017 moving Mm. forward. And that is some of the most beautiful golf courses that they've got. They just can't buy the land uh, necessary to build 8,000-yard golf courses if they want a big tournament there. So what's his something Jack, his golf course he's just made in Houston. And, yeah, I think he's only made it 73 or 74 thousand yards or seven thousand four hundred yards yep. yeah but he's come out and said listen the way the ball is going 
and the what I'm seeing on the TV, pretty soon we're going to need 8,000-yard golf courses, which is 7,200 metres. Mm. So let's, let's, let's work in yards because that, that's always been the measuring stick of golf. Yeah. Once upon a time, a 7,000-yard golf course, par 70, or se- par 70 or par 72, was considered the benchmark for a tournament golf course. Mm-hmm. So Royal Melbourne Composite, for instance, just a tick over 7,000, right around there. Kingston Heath, a little bit more, I think, just a tick over 7,000 yards. So an 8,000-yard course, think about if you've played Royal Melbourne or if you've played Kingston Heath or if you've the Australian, I think, is around 7,200 mm-hmm. yards. Just go to the back tee of every hole and look back 50 metres on every hole, the par threes, the par fives, the long par fours. That's now an 8,000-yard golf course. Yeah. How do you get property that big? <laughs> Royal and, Melbourne's trying. They've bought a couple of houses. Yeah, they have. A couple of par fives. That is true. <laughs> They've done a pretty good job, Royal yeah. Melbourne. But it's, it's impossible. Yeah. But if... If even let's just say seven thousand six hundred yards becomes the norm, or seventy seven hundred yards becomes the norm, Kingston Heath's out, Royal Melbourne's out, the Australians out. What do we do? Yeah, I mean these golf courses that have lasted the test of time. So now he he's mentioned this. He's he's talking about we don't want to see golf courses at US Opens that are seven uh, eight thousand yards long. The one we just saw uh, with Brooks Kepka one that could have been tipped out to seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Most of the week it was at 76. 7,600 yards. Mm. Remember the winning score? Obscene. Mm-hmm. Getting close to 20. No one was it happy was close to 20 on the park. No one was happy with that. Nobody was happy no. with that. Ridiculous. No. Ridiculous that it's that long. Mm. So, again, um, we're always looking for ways to slow the ball down. I think now we've got to just make the ball spin again. Yeah. Because it is a missile. That's, that's the reason why someone like Books Kepka. Uh, Dustin Johnson. That's why these guys are always hitting driver as well, because it's actually goes straighter than the three wood. Mm-hmm. Because the three wood actually, because it's got a, bit, a little bit more loft, spins the ball mm-hmm. a little bit more. That's why, probably. I mean, if you ever want to turn the ball right to left um, with a, a draw, it. Well, most pros are hitting the three wood these days. Yeah. It's just so easy yeah. to turn the ball left to right, right, right to left with a with a three wood. The driver is just hitting one missile after another, yeah. and it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, I was watching Justin Thomas when he beat Mark Leesman. Um, where was that one? In Korea? It didn't matter what was in front of him. It didn't matter that the bunkers came into play at the 360-yard mark uh, and there was only a 20-yard gap and then there was water on the left. He still hit his driver into the 20-yard gap. Mm. It's, it's, it's unbelievable what's no. happening. So if we can make the ball spin again off the driver, one, Instead of using a 10-degree ten, ten driver or 9.5, they might have to start using a 6. Now, that 3 degrees at that pointy end of the loft translates into a lot more side spin yeah. um, with, with a ball that actually spins. But you know, at the moment, the, the big catch cry is more loft, less spin, the ball just goes forever. Mm. So if we have the ability, and you know, I'm a tailor-made player, so if we have the ability to have a TP5, and a TP5X. Now, the only difference is the TP5X doesn't spin as much. Mm-hmm. Or a Pro V1 or a Pro V1X. Or the Callaway Soft and you know a different version that the tour players use. If they have the ability to control the spin with technology, then let's really control the spin. And whatever it is to make the ball spin more, so like it used to, like an old blada, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yep. Make it happen. Let's, let's do it. It's going to be more entertaining golf, I reckon. Oh, 
Absolutely. Yeah. And like some of the old bunkers that are there for strategy will be now in play. Yeah. Instead of just being emailed just being, by the best players. Just being there because it looks good. Yeah. But most importantly, Royal Melbourne stays as a contemporary tournament venue. Kingston Heath stays as a contemporary tournament venue. Metropolitan does. Victoria, New South Wales. Uh, the Lakes, the Australian, the Grand, mm-hmm. Royal Adelaide, you know, Lake Carinia, they all remain as contemporaries in the world of tournament golf. That's so important. Absolutely. You know, you go to any of these golf courses that I've just mentioned, the history, there's history on the walls. We don't want that to... We don't want it to be lost. don't want it to be lost. Yep. Nobody, nobody does. Agreed. So, Jack, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer, rest in peace. All, all the greats. And now Tiger. Have been calling for it to be slowed down. Tiger now wants it slowed down. He actually mentioned that the USGA have been experimenting with some balls that don't go as far. I would hate to see amateurs and professionals using different balls. I hate that yeah. idea. What's good for us is good for everybody else as pros. Um, let's just slow the ball down, make it spin more. And to tell you the truth, you know, if you're an amateur, you can still use a golf ball um, that's a pinnacle. You know, it doesn't spin as much. It'll go further, but it just won't have the same spin around the greens. Mm. That's kind of always been in vogue. But now, these days, there's no such thing as a pinnacle. You know, the pinnacle was the ball you used to use if you didn't hit the ball very far. Now, there's no such thing. Just use the Pro V1X. Yeah. You're laughing. The TP5X. It's going to go just as far. Anyway. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. It'll take him 10 years to do anything. Well, anyway. Jack's been asking for the ball to be slowed down for 50 years. Yeah. Hopefully... Tiger, maybe like, maybe he has some more. He's influence. probably got more clout. You might have some more influence. Yeah, a break. We're going to come back and look at our best spectator venues. Your yes. top, five top five list is coming after this. You're listening to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Julian Bayard. Welcome back. It is the Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. Terrific to have your company right around Australia. If you want to podcast the show, just search for the Clubhouse Golf Show on any of your podcast channels and you can download it and listen anytime across the weekend. Now, Marco, Olympic in San Francisco has been announced as mm. I think the 2028 PGA venue and then the 2032, I think, from memory, Ryder Cup venue. Could have them around the wrong way, but it's going to uh, big. Yeah. Tournament golf is going to return to uh, uh, to Golden State. Olympic is one of the great spectator golf courses. That's yep. why you've got us onto this. Uh, you know, one of our very own down here in, in Melbourne, Alistair Presnell. Mm-hmm. When the US Open was last at Olympic, he was leading mm-hmm. at one stage. Yep. So Olympic, um, look, when you go there, when you see it, and, and it does feature, I'll get to that in a tick, but, you know, it, natural amphitheatre. It's yeah. kind of built on the side of a hill. Mm. And those sides of hills are used quite well. Anyway, yep. let's start. So what are we doing? Your five. top five spectator venues in the world of golf. Correct, Amunda. <gasps> All right, number five. Number five. I've got two in Australia in this top five. Oh, really? And the first one is where they're playing the Australian Open in two weeks' time. Nice. The Australian Golf Club. The Australian. Uh, it's got one of the great side slopes on the 18th hole you've ever seen with the you know, beautiful par five. Um, lots of slopes around the whole golf course. But as far as tournament golf here in this country and the ones that I've seen... Any time I've been to the Australian, no matter who's playing, you always get a good view nice. of the players. And it's just the natural slopes, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. So the Australian's at number five. Nice. At number four, my old course, Huntingdale Golf Huntingdale. Club. Huntingdale. Now, it doesn't have any slopes. Make the list. It doesn't have any slopes. But have a listen to Huntingdale. This is one of the reasons why the Australian Masters was so successful for so long. And it, you know, it was at Huntingdale for 30 years. Because you could actually go to the golf and only have to walk 200 metres from the clubhouse, and you could see the last 11 holes of golf. Yeah. 
So you could walk down the ninth and see the players hit into the eighth, follow them up, uh, up the ninth, walk over to the tenth and watch them hit down ten. Go grab a beer. Take that beer down to the back of the eleventh hole and watch them, and then watch them hit into twelve, watch them in off thirteen, come back and have a beer. Fourteen you miss out on, bad luck. Fifteen, you only have to walk down the sixteenth hole, you can watch the par three sixteenth, watch a walk up sixteen, seventeen, go grab a beer and watch the guys hit into the eighteenth hole. Nice. So if you were a spectator at Huntingdale, you did minimal walking, mm. packed in a lot of beers, yep. and could watch a lot of golf. Sounds perfect. So Huntingdale <laughs> gets in at number four, and it's one of the reasons why the Australian Masters was so successful for so long. Number three on the list, yep. St Andrews. Yeah. Now, if you know the layout of St Andrews, uh, it's just basically two holes all the way out and two holes all the way back. So when you're walking on the outside of the golf course, you can see two holes all the way down. There's mm-hmm. no trees. Um, it's very, very thin. And there's built-up places all over the place, grandstands everywhere. Just a fantastic place to watch an open championship. And I commend the RNA. Every five years now, it's back. Nice. So the next time it's going to be at St Andrews, 2020. So if you've always dreamt about going to the Open, it's a great place to watch. 2020 is the next time it's there. If you're going to miss out in 2020, it'll be back in 2025. At least you know. Then 2030. Then 2035. Do the maths. It's easy. Olympic course, we've spoken about it. It's at number two. One of the great amphitheatre venues, real Mm. natural amphitheatres. And number one, it's an old favourite, gets in so many lists. And this is one of the reasons why the mystique of the Masters counts. Augusta National Country Club. Right. One of the things that uh, Bobby Jones, um, one of the things that he really wanted was great viewing for the patrons. You know, and our Dr. Alison McKenzie mm-hmm. ensured that this would happen. So if there wasn't a natural amphitheatre, and they built one in, yeah. basically they just moved enough turf. But every time you, know, you go there, there's 20,000 people through the gates. Um, at Augusta, there's not many people. Not many people playing. You know, it's only 91 Thursday, Friday. That gets cut to about 50 on Saturday, Sunday. There's 20,000 people through. You can always find a great place to watch the game. So Augusta National, my number one. So nice. the Australian Huntingdale St Andrews Olympic at number two, and Augusta. If you ever get there, at number one, and we still have some spots, by the way. ChasingBirdies.com.au. Nice. If you want to come with me to Augusta. Uh, in 2018 in April. Nice. Good list. Good list. Spectator. I like, I like the list. Good for the fans. Thinking. Yeah, you get good me for thinking, the fans. buddy. You get very, me thinking. Very, very good. Uh, a break. Got we got your masterclass up next. You betcha. What are we looking at? We're looking at putting. Putting. Yeah. Nice. Stick one. around. Don't go anywhere. This is the clubhouse. Now on the clubhouse, Marco's masterclass. Yeah, time to get a free golf lesson from Mark Allen, the number one teacher in golf on radio. And the masterclass each and every week is brought to you by Club Mandalay Golf Course. You can play golf, play Club Mandalay. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. It is great golf mm. in Melbourne's north. Play golf at Club Mandalay. Greens Michael. are spectacular at yes, the moment too, Club Mandalay. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. So if you want to take advantage of it, we're going to talk about putting. I mm-hmm. spoke at the top of the program about Justin Rose always using his feet and trying to stay really connected through the swing. A lot of the time when you're putting poorly, you actually get scared of the golf ball and all of your weight goes to the heels. And you'll actually feel like your, he- your feet are floating on the grass. That is the worst thing you can possibly do because you want to stay very balanced and reasonably still. Your spine has to stay still. Even though you're rotating your spine, you've got to stay still. It's got to appear that your head doesn't move too much and you, you know, your back and your shoulders are doing a lot of the work. I can promise you this. 
if you don't feel like your feet, both of them, are sinking into the ground, mm-hmm. you're putting incorrectly. Wait, you've got to get this sensation. Like I said, a lot of people, they, they go straight back to the heels. So a lot of, some people put on their toes. But the real secret to sturdy, repetitive putting that just works, you've got to get the footwork correct. And the only way you can do this, and this is the full swing and when you putt and when you chip, you've got to feel like your feet are sinking into the putting green. If you don't have that feeling, if you, don't, if you feel like your feet are floating on the putting green, it's because all your weight's too far back or too far forward. So next time you on the practice putting green, you've got to feel like you're sinking into it. So all your weight, if, if, if you do feel like your feet are sinking into the putting green, your weight is automatically in the perfect spot. And when you are weighted into that turf, it's very, very hard to move. Mm. You'll find that your shoulders have to do some work and away you'll go. You'll putt a hell of a lot better. Nice. Nice and simple one. I like it. Get the feet sinking Get into the putting sinking green. Sinking feeling. They've Marco. got to sink into the both of them equally. Yep. Sink into the putting green, then you're free to go. Perfect. Play golf for two at Club Mandalay, including a motorised cart with a drink. Only seventy nine dollars. Book online at clubmandalay.com.au. Marco, it's always a pleasure. See you next week, we will buddy. See you next week. A full preview of the Australian Open Woo. on next week's show. We'll have a good look at that. You and I are going up, aren't we? We are going up. We'll be there, so we'll have a close look at that next week on the show. Join see us you, soon. buddy.